Welcome to the Adventure for Good podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Kim. In June 2018, we both left our careers at the age of 31 and started traveling with the mission of finding and creating work locally in the United States and around the world that inspires us while helping other people and the environment. This podcast documents our adventures as well as highlights the inspirational people that we meet along the way. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode eight. We're here tonight and we're going to discuss our time that we spent in the Bolivian jungle. It was a warm time. (laughs) It was was a warm and humid time of our lives. (laughs) Yes, for nine weeks, right? I think it was uh, 48 weeks. (laughs) It felt like that at times. Yeah, it was a long time. We spent nine weeks in the Bolivian jungle, and we were volunteering with an organization called Etta Projects. We had known Etta Projects for about 10 years. We met them in college and worked with them through Engineers Without Borders, and that was how we originally got to know their projects, and actually both of us visited Bolivia as well back in 2008-2009 when we were in college. And... Getting to know the organization back then, we really enjoyed it, and we thought they did a really good work. And we also got to know the founder, Penny, and became close friends with her over the last 10 years. And I think every year she asked us when we were going to come down next and and, uh, volunteer with her organization. So, Yeah, and I think it didn't really make a lot of sense the last 8 to 10 years for us to do it. I'm sure we would have found stuff to do, but recently, in the last few years, their model has changed a little bit, and so when we worked with them back in college, they had two different facilities in a small town called Montero outside of Santa Cruz, and basically what they did with these facilities is they were sort of like after-school dining halls and gathering points for for kids and then they sort of morphed from being just for the kids to you know they taught women to like cut hair and to sew and to sell their goods and sort of gave a lot of just a lot of skills to the families that didn't necessarily have that type of access to that training right since since then they've actually did such a good job with those programs that they were able to turn those facilities totally over to the local people and now they're running them so they're still running these sort of dining halls and the kids come and get nutritious meals and they work on their health and all that kind of stuff so it's it's a really a really cool thing that they were able to turn them over but in that time they also developed some other programs some women's rights promoting programs and some community health promoter programs that are also very successful. And what they did in the last few years is they bought an old corporate retreat on the edge of a a town about an hour from where their, their office was before. It's in the Bolivian jungle and it's, yeah, it's a 96 acre corporate retreat with a like a dining hall, a classroom, a kitchen, a reception, and then multiple cabins spread throughout that, you know, have bunk houses and stuff in them. So Yeah. And so we volunteered there for nine weeks. We at the retreat center, which now they call the community transformation center. Yeah, and it's so the the idea behind the model is it's a place for people and organizations to hold training courses 
or they can hold training courses and people can come out and stay for a day or two. They can have donors come down and stay and learn about the area and learn about the communities that are nearby. So it's kind of a multifaceted approach and they're using it to support the other programs that they've found to be successful. So what we did <laughs> was to help them do some of the renovations. It's it's a lot of work. Uh, things in the jungle don't last very long. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, they need a lot, of, a lot of upkeep. And so we were helping keep things up, but also helping renovate and add, add some value in that way. Yeah, and this facility is pretty deep into the jungle. I mean, it's like eight kilometers from town down this dirt road that's really bumpy. And then you go down this huge hill and into the center and you can't even tell from above that all these buildings are there it's just very very dense jungle all around you so we did a lot of the like chris said a lot of like the maintenance type work and we also had three projects that we focused on while we were there these were all supposed to be model systems so that anybody in the community could replicate what we were building and the first... Not that they would want to in some cases, <laughs> that's, but... <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but that was the goal. And the first one that we spent the most time working on was a solar hot water system for a building. This was a challenge in a lot of ways, but I, you know, we did end up with a working system by the time we left. Yeah, it didn't work quite the way we wanted, and it... And we don't need to dive super deep into it, but it was just sourcing the materials out there for a pressurized system just isn't possible. They don't they don't have hot water systems in their homes, so yes, yeah, like an old hot water heater was not a thing. Yeah, there was there was no way to get a tank that we could pressurize, and there was really no good way to build one because we tried and failed <laughs> twice. But. Yeah, it was, you know, we were able to build a system that, that heated water and it needed to be gravity fed. You have to fill it up, let it drain, fill it up, let it drain. There was no way to have it consistent, simple, like hands-off system. Right. But it, I think, ultimately could be a good model for those people. It's low cost and it was yeah. it was easy to source most of the materials and you could build it yourself in a, in a day or two if you didn't have to build a huge wooden tower. So. Yeah, we built a big tower using a bunch of wood from the jungle that one of the guys cut down and put the tank up on top of it, and yeah, it it worked. And the water actually got to about 100 degrees when, yeah. we, when we left, so uh, that was exciting. And the other two projects that we worked on that were much smaller, the other one was a gravity-fed irrigation system for a small field and we did that one same same idea using locally sourced materials pretty simple design and we ran into a few issues with that one as well as as you do but overall got a pretty decent working system and then the last one was a rainwater catchment system for a building and we also we didn't ha have time to finish the building of this system, but we did got the design done and, and worked with some of the local Bolivian workers to explain it and and have a design done so that it was implemented as soon as we left, actually. Yep. And, and on top of that, our daily activities were uh, we'd 
you know, we'd wake up, we had to water plants. Luckily, the, the facility we were at had really, really good well water and fairly abundant water. So we were able to drink the water no problem. Uh, we used it to water plants and, and everything during the dry season, which we were sort of there in the shoulder season. So we would go, you know, a week, sometimes two with no rain, and then it would rain for three or four days. And, and towards the end of our stay, it started to be rain almost every day yeah. with some intermittent sun. But so, yeah, we'd, we'd water plants in the morning. We would help you know, cook. We alternated cooking lunch for a group of 15 or so every day, just with all the different workers on site and people helping out. Mostly vegan lunch. A mostly vegan (laughs) diet, which is wonderful. It was new to us and an experience. Yeah. And, and then just various odd jobs that would come up again, taking care of a 96 acre property in the jungle is constant stuff breaking, stuff needing to be fixed, and people needing help with different things. So there was constantly, we were bouncing around every day, so... There was always work to be done. Yep. And the other thing was, while we were there, well, part of the mission of the Community Transformation Center is to have groups come, and both local communities and as well as groups from the U.S. or other countries, and to come to the center and use the center as a training facility or a place to meet... And while we were there, a handful of groups came, and so we would help get prepared for those, all the cabins and food, and just make sure the property was ready to go and facilitate the groups as well, help help facilitate. So that was a lot of the work that we did. There were a lot of experiences also during the time we were there that we were able to have outside of our daily job. And... One of those was we were able to go on a really beautiful hike in the Amboro National Forest. Well, which which we were on the edge of. There was a there was a lookout tower on the property that we could climb a hill and look out over sort of a huge vista and we could basically look out into the park. We were we were adjacent to this yeah. national park. So and it's it's actually a really interesting national park in the sense that uh, Bolivia is made up of a handful of different regions because of where it sits uh, at the sort of what they call the elbow of the Andes. And so the way that the clouds come down and the climates come together, it's sort of this park is the the junction point for like three or four different regions. And so within this park, you can see just a, a crazy amount of diversity of trees and plants and animal life that really doesn't exist anywhere else on the planet. So yeah. yeah, we were pretty lucky in that sense. Yeah, when this the day hike that we went on was the guide would stop every so often and explain about all of the different trees and plants and it was fascinating. Just the the diversity there was was crazy. It also came with its fair share of bugs. We had a lot of <laughs> insects all over the place. <laughs> yeah, and, and and bugs that I think we've never seen anything like these bugs. And yeah, and, and we started basically keeping a photo journal of all the bugs. So we'll make sure to put links of that. But I mean, there is a bug that literally is a leaf with legs. Yeah, it looks like a brown leaf with legs. There's also a green one we saw. And there was there was 
I mean, moths that were bigger than your hand. I mean, this, there was, I mean, some of just the largest bugs, and, and most of them were fairly harmless. Yeah. Uh, some of them would bite you. But this, just imagine yeah. the biggest bug you've seen of anything and multiply that by three or four, at least. Yeah, it was crazy. So. <laughs> Everything was massive. And there was also a, we happened to be there during the tarantula season. So apparently October is the tarantula season and we did see a few tra- tarantulas, which ugh, they're, I like them from a distance. I know. Well, it was also, yeah. and it was really comforting. The different cabins had different names and ours was called the Pasanka house and Pasanka is the indigenous word for tarantula. Yeah. And apparently it was named as such because when they renovated it last year, they found tons and tons of tarantula nests in the walls and in the in the area. So that's good. Really, yeah. really helps you sleep at night. Ooh. Some of the other things we got to do while we were in the jungle, one was going on a bird watching day. We met a friend of, of one of the um, other women that works at Ada Projects, and she was and her husband are actually tour guides in the town nearby. They run bird-watching tours, so we were... Yeah, they're bird guides. Right. They, they're professional bird guides, and she's from the Carolinas in the U.S., and he's a local person from Buena Vista, and she, you know, she was in the in the Peace Corps for a while, and that's how they met. And then, yeah, they've started doing tours in the park, and they're volunteers at the park. So it was awesome to be able to go out with really knowledgeable people, and we saw birds that yeah we've never seen and probably never will again. So. Oh, yeah, it was incredible. I think we that day we saw over 160 or so different species of birds. Or yeah, different, it, yeah, different species. It was an international bird competition an international big day so we were competing against all the other countries bolivia usually finishes pretty high on this because of the it it has the sixth most species of birds in the world yeah and kind of due to that elbow of the andes climate we actually have an interview with Susanna in a couple of weeks because yeah. we we talk with her about life as a as an expat living in Buena Vista and living in Bolivia and what, you know, what things are like. So that's a pretty fun episode and we're excited to be... It'll be coming up soon. The other thing I wanted to mention is that we also got the opportunity to go to some of the communities that Edder Projects works in. And that was pretty cool to see actually some of the work they're doing outside of this transformation center. And we got to meet some of the health promoters that they've trained and see a lot of the latrines that that they've helped the communities build. We had a really wonderful time spending time with the community members, eating lunch with them, and just seeing a lot of the projects that Edda Projects does outside of the transformation center. What were some of the things you learned in the jungle, Chris? I learned that although I like hot and humid weather, I have an upper threshold, and I think, I think a, a good point would be seventy five and mostly humid, but not, not one hundred and one hundred percent humidity. I think that's my limit. Yeah. Because, when my clothes start molding, I've had enough. <laughs> yeah, me too. What were some of the things? That you found to be a struggle in the jungle. 
All of the insects were amazing. They were also frustrating to put up with sometimes, mostly the flies. We had a kind of black fly season while we were there that was extremely irritating. And it was also, yeah, the heat and humidity just tires you out like you wouldn't believe. And it, the jungle is a tough place to live. And that's, I don't, it, it's remarkable that as many people, you know, they live there. And yeah, it was really cool to experience and to see kind of what, what daily life is like. Yeah, on the flip side, though, I think it was it was also we got to experience things that you don't really have an opportunity to experience anywhere else. So, for for instance, one morning we woke up. This was like our first week there, maybe. Yeah. And our like the cabins don't really have windows, right? They, I mean, they have screens, but there's really no way to shut out the sounds and the and the environment too much so we woke up to what sounded like a growling like large cat like sitting outside of our window like very very large cat yeah turns out we were terrified actually yeah tur- turns out it was a howler monkey and they they live near the uh at a project's facility there and they usually wake up about five or six in the morning and they start making just the uh, the loudest sort of growl. And it's actually the loudest animal in the world. I think it is one of them, yeah. And so we'll, we'll put a little sound bite at the end here so you can kind of hear what that sounds like. But yeah, I mean, you wake up and we didn't know what it was and we were laying in bed like freaking out. <laughs> But then after we learned what it was, I mean, it was really fun to wake up every morning or a couple mornings a week and hear them, and then we'd go look for them, and so that that was yeah. really fun. I remember we took a video on our phone of the sound, and then that morning we went to go ask one of the Bolivian workers, and he just kind of laughed at us that, oh, that's just the monkeys. <laughs> yeah. So I think that some of the birds and some of the just the unique wildlife that lives in the jungle... We got to see a huge sloth that was amazing, really close. Sloths and birds and... Frogs. Frogs and and toads. toads Yeah, so I think just the the diversity was something that... And and it wasn't like we were at a zoo. Like, these were all things that, that were living with you and sometimes in your room... (laughs) <laughs> like the cockroaches and the scorpion and yeah uh, yeah so yeah I got to a point where it was fun but it was like okay I don't necessarily want all these things in my bed and then some of them would be in your bed and we yeah. would check under the covers or under <laughs> the sheet every night just in case <laughs> we never actually found anything under the sheet I don't think not under the sheets but in the in the room oh tons of stuff in the room yes so, yeah, I think that, I think the other thing that was, for me, tough was trying to do projects, for one, in Bolivia is much more difficult, and in the jungle is is even harder. So, I mean, there's, you know, a lot of times we were working on things out, you know, either in, like, a field that wasn't necessarily close to anything, or... We just, you don't have access to sometimes electricity, but maybe you need to drill a hole and the drill isn't powerful enough to go through the wood that's so hard that it wears out drill bits like steel. And 
So it's just everything was a little bit harder, in some cases a lot a bit harder. And and that was something that wears you down too after a while, you know. You're you're trying to work on a project that you thought was gonna take you a half hour and three days later you're still struggling to get it done. So remember when you tried to add a new doorknob to the, our door in yeah. our room? I remember very clearly. That was one of those projects. (laughs) (laughs) Thought it was going to take you a half hour, took you two days. (laughs) Yeah, if if not more. So, yeah, it's just, I think, understanding that, you know, we were able to go and and experience this, but then there's a lot of people who don't don't ever leave that, and that's their constant day-to-day is working on projects that go a lot slower and working with crews that go a lot slower and... And the the pace of life just is naturally slower, and, and you kind of have to let go of a lot of your frustrations at things not getting done on time and just be like, okay, well, today everything went wrong, and tomorrow we'll try again, but it's probably going to go wrong as well, and yeah. Yeah, and it's just the Bolivian way. That's, like, for example, everything shuts down in town from, like, 12 to 2 or, or 12 to 3, to 3 every day. Like, so you can't go to the market you can't go to the hardware store at all during those times because that's their like siesta so that is just the way it is and same with kind of just the pace of life in that country and in where we were at in that yeah region. especially in the jungle i mean the heat i think is the, the key there yeah so yeah one of the wonderful things that came out of our time in the jungle was a lot of the people we met the Community Transformation Center is run by a woman named Amanda, who's an amazing uh, director for the facility. And then there's a staff of a couple of Bolivians that help her out, and then also a bunch of volunteers. So we were two, but while we were there, I would say another maybe 12 or 13 people uh, cycled through. through. Yeah. And most or uh, some of them were from the States, and a lot of them, the rest of them were from Europe, at least that we met. Yeah, I mean, it was, there was a lot of couples from Germany, France, the Czech Republic, some from the U.S., yeah, all over. And, yeah. And, and and we wound up making and becoming friends with some of these people, and, and I think some of them we will remain lifelong friends with, for sure. And, right. And we're, that, you know, that's something that's super exciting for us, and... And one of the things that we've definitely come to love about traveling is meeting people from all over the world that now we can stay in touch with and and be friends with going forward, even though yeah. we aren't at the same location anymore. Right. And you're spending day in and day out in those kind of tough, hot and humid conditions trying to make work together to make this place run efe- efficiently. And uh, so I think you we naturally got closer to some of the volunteers that we worked closely with just because you're spending a lot of time trying to accomplish a goal with them. One thing I did want to say was that I, I think I really enjoyed about this, about Bolivia and specifically this part of Bolivia is it's still sort of, I mean, it is a developing country in a lot of ways. And I think that brings with it some challenges, but it also brings with it some things that are just much simpler yeah. And so, you know, yeah, some things are harder to do, but at, but at the same time some things are just easier to do because there's no there's no rules. I mean, maybe there's rules, but there's no one there to enforce them some days and and that's kind of fun and and yeah, I think just 
I don't know. I, I don't know the best way to describe it. I think maybe one example is seeing uh, this car go down the road, and, and maybe it's not necessarily there's no rules. It's that people are very... Uh, they have a lot of ingenuity, and yeah, and yeah. they they That's find good. ways to solve problems because they don't have any other choice. Yeah, and they not everything has to be done by the books and to code and and not that it's less safe, although maybe sometimes it is, but it's it works and everyone's happy with it, and then they move on and they focus on you know family and and life, and so the, a good example of this was we were driving down the road one day and this family was moving these two gigantic wooden coffins like actual caskets but they were literally tied onto the roof of a Toyota station wagon station wagon <laughs> going down the highway and so yes like there was no like hey we need to get a proper vehicle to move these we're just going to tie them to the roof and then I don't know where they were going. I don't know if there was people in them. I have no idea. It was just two wooden caskets strapped to the roof of a of a station wagon. And so just stuff like that that you see that you would never see anywhere else. That it's just people do what they need to do to get stuff done and Yeah. And that's how and that's how you do it. And so some of the rules kind of go out the window and and that's a, a you know a fun way to live especially for people like us who come from engineering jobs where everything right. has to be done by the books. Yeah. Otherwise, it's 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 wrong. And so that was a good exercise for us to push ourselves outside of our comfort zone a lot of the time. Yeah, especially on the project we worked on. You telling that story about the going down the seeing the car made me think of the time we were driving back to Tequa T in the Jeep, Adder Project's Jeep, and saw the spider cross the road. Like, the spider was literally the size of, like, a dinner plate. And Chris stopped the vehicle as we watched the spider cross the road. And that, that is just something that will be in my memory for a long time. Because that's not something you see on a day-to-day basis. No. And the other fun thing that I will always remember about our time in the jungle is... We really wanted to get back to some of our workout schedules, and we spent time running the hill that was um, going down into the facility, so we would sprint up the hill and come back, but the other fun thing we would do is we had a few beach body workouts on our computer, and so we'd set the computer up on the bench outside of our room and just in the middle of the jungle do these workouts, and some of the other volunteers would make fun of us, but actually one of them joined us a few times, so <laughs> I think it was good, but... It was a funny memory, and they were good workouts, though. We had to do them at 6 in the morning or 5 in the morning, though, before it got hot. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think all that being said, you know, there were there were challenges, and there were amazing things, and it was it was a beautiful place, but it was also hard on us. And yeah. It, it was, it, it wore you down, but at the same time, you were, like, frustrated and tired. It was beautiful and in uh, a place unlike any we've ever lived. And I, I think we'll go back someday. I would like to go back and visit. I don't know that I have another nine weeks in me. At least not, yeah, maybe not that time of year, but actually the weather doesn't change that yeah, much. I was going to so. say, it's either hot and <laughs> rainy or hot and dry. You get to pick. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know at this point, but I definitely would love to go back to and just the work that our Project does, we love. And 
I think we both grew a lot and learned a lot from the experience. Well, of I shrank there. a lot. That's true. You did lose some weight. I don't. Part maybe that was the vegan diet. I don't know the Sean T workout. It's not worth trying it again just to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris was not a fan of the vegan. Um, but yeah, it was all in all a interesting and challenging adventure, but one that I wouldn't have changed experiencing. Yeah. Well, should we say toodaloo? Yeah, I think that's a really good place to end. And maybe we talked about adding a couple of sound effects here at the end. One of them is a quick recording we did of the cacophony that are the bugs. Yeah. Uh, the, we, we were there during tarantula season. We were also there during cicada season. Oh, my gosh. And it was... It was hard sometimes to have a conversation with somebody sitting next to you. Yeah. And I think that's difficult to uh, to understand unless you've done it. So, yeah, we, we captured some sounds of this for your viewing, listening pleasure. I was like viewing. And then also the, the howler monkey. Yeah. We'll put those sound clips at the end here. And we'll also post a bunch of pictures on our website. So... Check that out. You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook under the name Adventure for Good. Underscore Adventure for Good. And that's the best place to see pictures. Yeah. Daily almost when you remember. Well, and we have good internet. That's the key. Yes. Oh, Oh, real quick. That's another thing that was, I think, a growing moment for us out in the jungle was we really didn't have access to internet. Um, you know, we were able to check our emails once a day or so, but... Yeah, or cell service at all. Yeah, there was no cell service. So a lot of days where you, it was not forced human interaction, but we got back to basics. Yeah. And, and I think that was kind of fun, so... It was nice to be able to... Like, there was one specific bot, spot next to a building we could check our phones and, like, check our emails. So we could check in, but... For the most part, yeah, we spent a lot of time reading and playing games and just hanging out with the other volunteers and experiencing the place. So, yeah. Okay, next episode, episode nine, we are going to talk a little bit about our budget. We have not revisited this since the beginning, and we want to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, just our goal, original goals, what they look like now, and where we think we'll be in another six months. So uh, we're excited for that and to share that information with all of you. So stay tuned in two weeks for that episode. I think that's it. Yeah, except I was just remembering the day we left, like the when we left the jungle, we spent like two or three days in Santa Cruz and... At an Airbnb... And we had to take this bus from our Airbnb into the city. And I just remember the bus driver we had that one day that I think <laughs> thought he was driving in NASCAR. Yeah. And he would... He this was would, like a little mini bus, not a big tour bus. Yeah, I think like maybe 30 seats in it. And he would like... As soon as you stepped on, he had the pedal on the floor... And he would go as fast as he could until he was about four feet from the next people to pick up. And he would slam on the brakes, open the door, they'd get in, and he'd just take off (laughs) as fast as he could. I think I've never been in a faster bus 
situation. No, we got home pretty quick. It was. And, and if you didn't get in fast enough. Or he, off. He would rev the engine. <laughs> yeah. He would literally just sit there like, run, 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 like waiting for you to get your ass off the bus. Yeah. So anyway, that was incredible. That was fun. I thought you were gonna tell him that when we got to the Airbnb, we had to soak all our socks, and they were disgusting. We had to soak black. all of our clothes. All of our clothes. Yeah. That's a different story, but not really. We just had to hand wash clothes in the jungle for nine weeks, and it... turns out you don't get them that clean. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> But luckily, I'm not a dirty person, so it was mostly yours. Yeah, no sweat at all in those nine weeks. No. No. (laughs) All right, see everybody in two weeks. Okay, here are the fun sound clips. Oh! (laughs) What do you think? Not that. Well, wait. Oh, we should also include that bird. The Aura Pendula bird. Oh, yeah. There'll also be a clip of the Aura Pendula bird. We'll put that here, too. Okay. No, that's no, not it. It'll be Chris just just telling, making noises. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye, everyone. Okay, here's the aura pendulum bird. Here are the cicadas. They're crazy. Here are the monkeys. Enjoy!